audio check. Now, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And now, if you're not completely satisfied, a few words from better than ever in your neighborhood. <laughs> You'll be amazed. <laughs> Everything pharmacy. Hello guys and welcome to RX Radio, a podcast about everything pharmacy. On this episode, we talk to a medical resident and get his take on pharmacists on the healthcare team. So I wanted to get your take on what it's like working with pharmacists. But first, please introduce yourself. Okay. I'm Adi Chakra. I'm a family medicine resident in, uh, in Minnesota. And, uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. Minnesota's great, by the way. Thank, thank you for having me over to your beautiful home. I yeah. really appreciate it. It's no problem. We're, we're, recording, on the, we're recording on the road here. Mm-hmm. Um, He's got up in your van and <laughs> yes. just driving around the country. Pack, packed up the gear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> packed up the gear and headed out. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the first question I want to ask is like, what was, we always wonder about, you know, as pharmacists, we wonder about our training in pharmacy school and how you know it's four years of just straight pharmacology basically is what it feels like Mm -hmm. uh wanted to get what it's like uh learning pharmacology as uh, in medical school um well it's definitely different it's uh system based Mm -hmm. so uh, you get initially two semesters of it of uh, straight pharmacology uh, where you're learning the pharmacokinetics and pharmadynamics and then system based so you're more focused on, uh, you know, how it fits within, you know, a body system within cardiology, how it fits within nephrology. And, uh, yeah, that's, you know, so it's, it's kind of, you know, it's mixed in, it's, it's helpful, but also it's, you know, you, you're also learning the pathology of that subject as well. So it's kind of, you know, it's not our main focus. Gotcha. It's not our main focus. Would you say that like it does enough or would you say that like you need more or how how do you feel on that? Like in terms of pharmacology? I I feel like it it, it does enough to, to get me through that class and get me through my boards. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think when you're on the hospital level, it's a re-education. Yeah. Like kind of learning everything like as you go more so and like, you know, I, well, and I think that's true of everything. In medicine. Yeah, you definitely. feel like you have to relearn it when you're on the when you're on the job. Yeah, um, yeah, but definitely, even more so when you're handling medicines, you 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 second guess yourself often. You look you, you look stuff up all the time for medicines. You you know you can any other day of the week somebody mm-hmm. asks you about it, you'd know it. But when you're about to give it to a patient, yeah, <laughs> you're, you better believe you're looking that medicine. Which up. I think is very similar with pharmacists because you know our 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 you know go time for us is like verifying that you were the final check you know to that medication like being administered to that patient so you know we think we have all this knowledge in the world but at the end of the day like when it comes down to like hitting that like green button for like it's ready to go it's like yeah. <laughs> is this right there's always <laughs> we, hesitation yeah. before you sign it did i do this right because <laughs> yeah. yeah there's so many now in the hospital there's so many checks and balances in place because there's the pharmacist mm-hmm. Your nurses take a look at everything and they're, you know, they've been doing this for years also. So they're yeah. very knowledgeable about it yeah. as well. And uh, we're going to take care of pediatrics it's in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're going to do deliveries, obviously in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a lot of that. It's a lot of hospital medicine, a lot of hospital medications. So, you know, it's, it's different because you're, you're treating people acutely. Mm-hmm. This is not, you know, I mean, I, I, although I will say that a lot of times, uh, you know, people do use the hospital as their, their primary care site. So you mm-hmm. you do 
inevitably end up managing chronic conditions. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Um, and what's uh, what type of interactions do you have with pharmacists? Like uh, usually either day to day or in general um, at the hospital. Oh yeah, uh, huge. I mean, they're we they dose our warfarin for us, so you know we get a lot of people with AFib who come in, and uh, you know our 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 order for that is pharmacy to dose, mm-hmm. and that's and you know what they do is they handle the warfarin. Mm-hmm. For us, they get us to you know goal INR on our patients, and then um, they also help us with diuretics, uh, Lasix, watching creatinine, things like that. There, mm-hmm. you know, I you know just anecdotally, I had a I had a, a patient who was in alcohol withdrawal and uh, started seizing. We had had a hard time controlling the seizures. I mean, we kept stepping up and stepping up, and we were on phenobarb at one point, and then he kept seizuring through and then I get a call at three in the morning, which is the worst feeling ever yeah, to tell us imagine. that our patient is in status epilepticus and which is a, you know, you panic. So what we did, we called the pharmacist and we, you know, we needed to, you know, we got him started on, on Keppra, on Keppra yeah. and, uh, you know, you don't know off the top of your head what or how much Keppra you're going to put this person on. I mm-hmm. mean, it's like, when you have to do it, you're in that moment, and you know you looked at the algorithm. You know it's you're going to use Keppra, mm-hmm. but you don't know how much you know you. So and you need to make a decision right there. So you call the pharmacist, and the pharmacist, you know, let me know how much thousand mm-hmm. right now, thousand right now, and then and then a taper afterwards, and that's what we did. He broke, and yeah, yeah. that's awesome, man. Saved that guy's life. That's awesome, like. I think that uh, it seems that like they, they're like on call for you, like in oh, terms yeah. of like yeah, they're on call. Okay, they're like on call. I, they I, get a lot of calls. They cut a lot of calls from the residents because we're still in training, mm-hmm. you know. And um, yeah, you just you need them. Mm-hmm. You need them. Do you do you guys have um, so you guys have pharmacists that are that are like on staff there? Do you guys also have pharmacy residents that work with yeah, you guys as well? Yeah, and it's specifically, I'm sure there's pharmacy residents in the hospitals. But there's also um, in our clinics. We uh, so we, on, on Fridays we see a, a small patient panel in your first year, two or three patients in the afternoon after you've gotten done with the hospital. And there's a pharmacist and usually a resident in there, and they help. You know, we get a lot of patients that come in and they are on 10, 15 medicines, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they come in with a certain complaint. Their complaint might not be medication related, but you have to address it yeah but you don't have enough, a lot of time you have 20 minutes and you got to go see your next patient mm-hmm. and in that time you can't cover the the issue they're coming in with mm-hmm. the their medications because you know once you're on 15 I mean, polypharmacy is is there yeah definitely yeah it's a huge um, problem so you have you talk to your resident the resident uh, the resident uh, pharmacist comes in and talks with the patient about it, goes through their medicines, and they're really, they help you, they help patients get off medicines they don't, they don't need to be on. Yeah. A lot of these people have been on medicines, not because they need them, because they've been stable. And, and no one wants to change anything. These medicines, yeah. They don't link, because yeah. you've been stable and, and you yeah. have all these medicines, doesn't mean you need these medicines. So Definitely. So they help with that, and it's, and I think that's the push nowadays also, I think, and having pharmacists in there kind of completes the idea of like a, 
healthcare home for patients. Yeah, yeah. Which is the I think we're we're gonna see a big movement. Like they even have organizations and and you know movements of the whole deprescribing thing. So yeah. I think that that's going to be like a big thing in on the future of especially I think the pharmacist is going to be a great in that role and figuring out, you know, when is something, you know, okay to stop or when it, when is going to be a goal to wean off of the certain medications mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So um now what about uh what do you think that what type of uh things do you think that pharmacists can do now or or what what ways or improvement can you see a, a pharmacists can do to help prescribers and physicians better um provide care? Yeah, um, I think just with the transition to EMR, which has been great, and uh, but it doesn't necessarily save time, and it doesn't, you know, necessarily give us more time with our patients, and because we don't have that kind of time, we end up, you know, you you can't address everything, and part part of the things you can't address is medicine and medication, mm-hmm. and, you know, just. I think the research is like after six or seven meds, mm-hmm. you know, the, the adverse effects just outweigh the benefits. Yeah, but we can't all the, we can't address that all the time because we were limited. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, having a pharmacist on staff taking care of medicines, taking care of things like that. I mean, you know, you're going to know dosages better than we do. You know, uh, in our training, we we say all right, this person needs to be on this medicine. This is the starting dose we're going to start them on. It's not working. Step them up. Mm-hmm. If it's not working, change them to another thing. But we don't, you know, there's a lot of nuance that gets lost Yeah. in that uh, in that kind of knowledge. And uh, I think that's where pharmacists come a benefit, but they're not readily available to us in the clinic. We're seeing 30 patients a day. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you can't, you don't have time to stop and call a pharmacist. Yeah. But if a pharmacist called me and said, Hey, your patient is on this and on this and they don't need to be, yeah, you can stop this. I'm going to say, let's do it. <laughs> yes. That's a great idea. Let's sir. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what about like in terms of, uh, in a practice, so let's just say you got like a pharmacist to be on, like on the team, like that, you know, is really accessible as much as possible to you. Would you, what do you, what do you think of, here's a question, this is an idea. What would you rather prefer? Would you rather prefer a pharmacist uh, see patients for you in terms of gathering as much information as possible so you can make better decisions? Or would you think it's better that um, a pharmacist do a lot of the more back end work to allow you to see more patients to gather that information yourself to make a decision? You know, I used to think about, um, when we, I think we kind of had this something about this talk like years ago we were talking about this and i was thinking about like what would be the ideal practice and i thought that um, good i thought that like if if we already our our thing is that uh patients hate how long they have to wait when they come in yeah some patients do 45 minutes some patients wait as much as two hours you know and it's because when you're in with a patient you want to give them as much time as they need Mm -hmm. which means somebody in the waiting room is going to wait yes um but like if we had a system where the first person they saw was a pharmacist, mm-hmm. you know, and then they saw a nutritionist or, and then they saw somebody, you know, a caseworker to discuss mm-hmm. how they're getting their medicines. And then they saw us, they'd get their medicines taken care of, they'd get how they're getting their medicines, where mm-hmm. they can get it and how much they'd be. And then they come and they see us for any acute things, you know, we're managing their chronic things just to talk to us. Yeah. They wouldn't wait. They get full care. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if that's profitable. I don't know what, you know, I haven't 
done any more research into them, but I think that'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be an amazing thing. And, you know, all along the way, the pharmacist is collecting information on the patient, their symptoms, what they're on, what they haven't really been taking, what they've been skipping doses. We get a lot of people that, that are on Genubia and mm-hmm. say, oh, I didn't take it today because I was feeling a little hypoglycemic. Yeah. Like, oh. Felt I didn't need it. Like, <laughs> Genubia doesn't need that. Yeah. But they don't know that. Yeah. And that's, yeah. you know, and that's important. You know, if so, you know, the pharmacist is collecting that info and then they hit the caseworker. The caseworker is collecting how, you know, their day-to-day lives, how what they can afford, mm-hmm. what resources they can get. And then they see us and we talk about their overall health and any new things, you know, that that's a complete office visit. That's, yeah. That save on, on mistakes. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's, and the whole point is, you know, you want to make sure they're, you know, like medicine is, you know, a tool to get what you want done in your life. It's mm-hmm. not supposed to be a burden. You know, medicines aren't supposed to be a burden. They're supposed to be just, it's like money, you know, what's mm-hmm. the purpose of it in your life? That's what. Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, that's what, that's what I think. I think that mm-hmm. would be a great system. Um, I don't know how you do. I don't know if it's profitable. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if people would like it. We'll make it profitable, man. We'll figure this out. Yeah. I we mean, I would like it. If I, that was my experience going to a doctor, see, yeah. see the pharmacist first, talk about my medicines and then see a caseworker and then see the doctor. Yeah. I, I bet by the time I got to the doctor, I would I'd be like, well, you know, I think Hey, how, how are you today? It's like, like everything's not patient. taken care yeah. of. And then it's just, you know, yeah. my, my elbow hurts or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's awesome, man. That, that would actually be an ideal practice to run. So, yeah. Um, now, uh, switching topics a little bit here. We, I'm sure in Minnesota, um, you guys have a huge issue as I, I mean, you know, as I'm, I'm from Miami, Florida, we have a huge issue down there in South Florida with the opioid uh, situation. Mm-hmm. What, um, what's some advice that you have uh, in terms of, uh, in terms of the, the opioid crisis that we're all dealing with here? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, it's everywhere. And I did, you know, I, I've done rotations in New York and Pennsylvania and um, Florida and, and all that. And it's, it's everywhere. Yeah, it really is. And you know, a lot of it is people who are self-medicating themselves. You know, mm-hmm. so there are people who are in pain who are, you know, they're dependent, not necessarily addicted. And there's a difference between that. But what they don't realize is that they they think that they're 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 chasing zero pain, and somebody with chronic pain is never going to be zero pain. Really, and yeah. we don't tell them that. A lot of doctors That's don't tell them that. Yeah, that you're never going to not you're never going to be pain free really yeah there's you know if you are somebody who's had major back surgery and has chronic pain from it somebody who's with cancer and chronic pain you'll never be pain free we can get you down to to where it doesn't consume you Mm -hmm. that's what we can do for you we can we can help control your pain you'll always have a little bit of pain and um, that's where all the other resources that's where talking to somebody you know Mm -hmm. that's where you know all the other things, you know, that come into into practice. And we use, you know, we, we tell them you, know, you should exercise and you should do this kind mm-hmm. of stuff and physical therapy, but you'll never be pain free. Mm-hmm. That's an it's, interesting, uh, that's an interesting thing because, you know, as pharmacists, we, you know, there are, there are prescribers and there are uh, physicians that only focus on pain management, yeah. but like in, in the community pharmacy setting, every pharmacist has to know like something about pain management because that's yeah. where, you know, we have to, we have some sort of liability in helping patients deal with this uh, with oh, the situation. Yeah. And um, I think it's a real interesting thing that especially is important for pharmacists and, and other prescribers to know that that whole, you know, 
there'll never really be zero pain yeah. like at the end of the day i think it's you know if you can get somebody from 10 pain excruciating pain that's debilitating to two three and then they can you know then the the pain that they do have is bearable yeah and they've developed um a good coping mechanism then yeah then that is you know that is it that that's your because anything we offer you know people with back pain we we can give you medicine we can do you know steroid injections into the spine and stuff mm -hmm. but those you know some those can last anywhere from not working to say you know two years or something yeah. so you know they're not forever and you know there there is nothing you know if you had major back surgery and you were pain free now that's amazing that's mm -hmm. really good um it doesn't mean that you're always going to be pain free it doesn't mean that you know i, I would just say that that it's it's mostly it's not just a, a patient issue that they should be aware of it's it's a it's a doctor's issue also mm -hmm. yeah we did uh we need to be aware of of you know how we talk about pain and mm -hmm. how we treat it mm -hmm. so what about um i guess like there's a lot of people that have like shorter because one thing i see is that people like either do a dental procedure or they come out of the hospital for some like acute issue um, what do you think of terms of like preventing this issue from happening in the first place? Like, like, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's, you know, I mean, the only thing you can do is, is prevention. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, you prevent it from happening. You know, obviously if somebody comes in with acute pain, you need to, you need to take care of it. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you're obligated to, to help. Um, the issue is when you get, you start prescribing 120 tablets, you know, Tablets worth three months worth of tablets. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. Yeah, you know, it shouldn't shouldn't do that. You know, mm -hmm. it, how it should be is, you know, if you're just trying to bridge them to some end goal, you know, uh, if you're trying to bridge them to physical therapy, mm -hmm. then uh, you should just give enough to get through there, and you should explain to them that yeah, you're gonna have pain. Mm -hmm. You know, you just went, you just had surgery. You're gonna have pain. Uh, it's a normal physiologic response that's you know it's the same thing as a fever we mm -hmm. spend all our time fighting fevers when that that is our own body trying to kill a virus yeah. or a bacteria um it's a little different in that you know high enough fever will cause damage but um with pain um you know it's it's really just about getting them to a a level that they can handle until we get them to a more long-term strategy because pain medicine, short-term opioids are not a long-term strategy unless, yeah. and you know, obviously there's like caveats to that and that's, you know, cancer patients and, and um, you know, the chronic, you know, the chronic pain patient who is, you know, who's gone undergone multiple surgeries and hasn't gotten any relief and, and those people should really be seen by a pain management specialist. Yeah, yeah. Somebody who handles that, somebody who's, you know, who understands who understands What's all of that? There. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. All right. Well, to leave everyone that's listening, I want you to give your best piece of advice to a medical professional. Like, what would what would you have given your younger self Ooh, yeah. studying down there Ooh. in in the Green Library at Florida <laughs> National University? Go Panthers! Yeah. Uh, practice in Minnesota. It's way better. <laughs> um, uh, but really, it's you know just don't. Don't quit. And like, if you want this, then um, the only difference between me and, and you know any of my colleagues, or I just I didn't give up when it was when it was tough mm -hmm. when I failed and I failed a lot trying to get here. But uh, 
You just keep going and you'll make it. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing. Now, what about the, the guy, the, the guy or girl mm-hmm. that made it in and they're a yeah. medical professional right now? What's your best piece of advice for that guy um, or girl? It gets, it gets a lot better. And the funny thing is, is that when you're in medical school and you're studying for exams and it makes you hate it, mm-hmm. you just, you don't have any energy for it. And then when you're done, all you want to do is study medicine and yeah. you have no time to do it. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. So I think <laughs> uh, life, if you don't make time for yourself, if you don't actively make time for yourself, you don't actively make time for the things you enjoy, you'll, you'll never have that time. Yeah. So, you know, you have to be um, deliberate about everything you want, how you want your life to be, how you want to practice. You have to make those, you have to deliberately make those decisions and put it off. Don't say, oh, I'll figure it out later. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's a good ride and it's, you know, you only get to live once, do the hardest thing you can possibly. YOLO. That's right. I think you should just like do the hardest thing you can possibly do. And, uh, you know, that's funny. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for, for, uh, for taking this. I really appreciate it. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Please let me know what you thought. You can rate us on iTunes, leave us a comment. Um, Any feedback is going to be greatly appreciated. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe. And until next time, see you over the counter. Pharmacy.